Father God, what a beautiful day. Thank you for life and strength and good health. Healing in our midst, salvation, O oh God, from heaven. I give you praise and glory and honor. In the great name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody said amen. amen. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, let's take a look at God's holy word. I'm glad for each and every one of you that's here. I'm in John chapter 19. I want to read a unique scripture this morning. Very, very glad you're here, each and every one. All right, John chapter 19. If you will look to verse 25 with me. Now there stood, everybody said stood, by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, that would be his aunt, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, everybody said standing by, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Everybody said, Praise the Lord. He ended up by saying, Then saith he to the disciple, the one he loved, he said, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. All right. All right. I want you to get this word stood. Okay. Stood. All right. So, very unique scripture. It's the only time it's in the Bible. Not in Matthew, not in Mark, not in Luke. But it is in John. John's account. You know, it's kind of like the two thieves on the cross on either side of Jesus, and you're very happy for the one account that tells you about the thief on the right who repented. He's the only, only one writer brought that out, was used to bring that out. You know, you've got three other writers telling you that they both cast the same in Jesus' teeth and spoke ugly to him. I'm glad that... Uh, the Lord inspired one of the writers to speak up and say, oh, by the way, this guy repented of his bad words and his nasty attitude and, <laughs> and recorded that he had a change of heart. Woo, that was nice. And a change of heart brought a change of eternal consequences. I mean, my goodness, a whole lot better to have paradise, isn't it? Jesus said, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Boy, what a wonderful thing. Because he, the flames of hell, were licking the very bottoms of his feet. He was definitely calling for the foot doctor, wasn't he? And, oh man, how great it was when the Lord said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. So here we have the Lord. He's on the cross. They have taken this flesh, this lamb, this sacrifice, and they have nailed him to the cross. They have stood the cross upright, 
dropped it down into a hole. And uh, can you imagine how that pulled on everything? And his full body weight was hanging there, only held up by three nails, three spikes. And, um, and there, hanging in agony and having very great difficulty to breathe. Uh, all systems are being taxed. And uh, he looks, and the Bible said, now there stood by the cross. Now the cross wasn't a pretty thing. You know, the cross was not pretty. It was a rugged cross. And it was uh, bloody. He had been whipped. 361 stripes they laid across his back. You never know what the preacher's going through. You never know what the ministry's being exposed to. You never, you say, oh, one preacher told me, God wouldn't do that to his church. Really? Read the Bible very much? You know? The more I told him what the Bible said, the harder he rocked in his rocking chair. <laughs> and you know, that was in 1980. And here we are in 2013. And you know, there are things that a person gets told, and every day that goes by, you just get closer to it, and it gets, the truth of it begins to dawn on somebody, hopefully. Uh, I've heard a lot of really wild and crazy things out there, and I've heard people get very emotional with it, you know. And, um, but it's like the preachers that were at a conference, and they said, Whoa, I got to go home and restudy. Said, I preached we, ought to sh we should be out of here. We should be gone. That was when the Six-Day War broke out in 1967. <laughs> and this is 2013, okay? So, you know, you might want to stick with the book. Everybody said amen. amen. Stay with chapter and verse. Stay with subject matter. If you'll do that, and you will, as Paul said in one place, not be a wit behind the chiefest. Stay with that chapter verse. Stay with that good subject matter. Submit yourself to the Word of God. You know, Jesus is looking for people that are going to stand by Him. And boy, when He looked that day, He saw His mother. He saw her. And, and it said, and now there stood by the cross. Mary, his mother. And then his aunt was there. Another familiar face. And then he looked and he saw a disciple whom he pronounced that he loved. He was there. And uh, how wonderful it is to be able to count on people. To be able to count on them. That they're going to be there. And uh, through thick and thin. Now we often refer to from the Bible something that I'm sure that... Uh, I'm pretty sure that Peter wishes we wouldn't. But in the 18th chapter of the book of John, so you just have to flip back just a little bit. Everybody said, praise the Lord. You will read in verse 18, 18th chapter of John in verse 18, and this is when Jesus, just before he was crucified, when they took him and they were going to uh, beat him. 
And I really should um, back you up to the beginning of this chapter, chapter 18. And let's, let's read uh, verse 5. said, so They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. He stood with them. Okay? You got to check where you're standing. You've got to check what company you're keeping, lest you become a traitor. Judas was hanging out with the wrong people. Judas had been communicating with the wrong people. And so when they came to do harm to Jesus, and when so you read, you, you might want to think enlarge that to the church. Uh, the Bible said that Jesus, Judas stood with them. He stood with them. I we had a funeral one time, one among many, but I mean we were went to the funeral home and we were to conduct what needed to be conducted there. And um, there was a, a family, it was actually a, a woman and her daughter in particular, that we had helped tremendously here. This church had helped them tremendously. And um, when it came time to meet at the funeral home, and the people started gathering in. And you know, I like what the Bible said, that we're, we're all one in Christ. Now we're talking about being baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. God places you in his body, okay? And I've taught you many times, then you're, you're no longer Italian or Chinese or Jamaican or Spanish or Latin, if you like, or, uh, uh, or Brazilian, if you want me to say that, or, uh, because they're really Portuguese. You know? They speak Portuguese. So that's not Italian. That's not Spanish. And uh, um, you're not Haitian anymore. You're now in Christ. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know, how many, many of you, no doubt, have gone at some point in time, you went to, uh, through immigration, and you got your passport, uh, and uh, now you became an American citizen. You know, maybe you went through the uh, time when you stand, and you all get to raise your hand and repeat after me type thing, and all of that, and uh, you get your... You get your citizenship, um, so you're not you're not so much wanting to uh, on that particular day anyway. You're not wanting to claim you know where you came from and you know I'm I'm Chinese or I'm you know uh, from Afghanistan or whatever. I'm an Afghani. You know you're glad I'm an American. Yeah. I have a passport. Look right here. You know I remember one time somebody was messing around with Omar and Omar said, "You see this green card? You see this? You see this?" He said, "You don't get that." That's your American. <laughs> we had a big laugh about that. We had a lot of fun about that. So, well, sometimes you got to teach the young ones, you know, when they step out of line, when they speak out of turn. And uh, so he educated them real well. Well, I'm saying, when you come into the church, then you're, the Bible teaches you're a citizen of the world to come. Okay? You're a citizen of heaven. And how important that is and how happy you want to be about that. Because one day, there's going to be a voice and a shout that comes from heaven. And uh, the Lord himself, the Bible said, is going to descend. Okay? He's going to descend. 
and he's going to catch us up. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. We which are alive and remain. Now that we which are alive and remain could be us, or we could all be dead in Christ, and there'll be a, these younger ones that'll be coming up pretty soon. Will be coming up, <laughs> and uh, and they may be the ones that are alive. So that's why we've got to get it to our children. We've got to get it down to the next ages below us, so that there will be a congregation here. Okay, there will be uh, those that are preaching the truth and saving souls and 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 uh, bringing all the things that the church brings to people. All right. How important that is. But there's going to be those that are alive and remaining when the Lord returns. And they're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be, the book said. And we're to comfort one another with these words. And it's, it's good for you to remember and to keep in mind that you want to be standing with the church, meaning Jesus. You want to be standing with the message, with everything that he, re he represents. Uh, how many times would it say in the Bible about his name's sake? And that we're doing certain things for his name's sake. Okay? We, we represent him and we want to represent him well. And we want to be sure we're standing with the right people. We want to be sure we're communicating with the right people. We want to be sure that we're saying the right things. And that we have the right spirit and the right attitude. It's very, very important that you be careful. Because you want to be identified by the Lord. He saw his mother. He saw his aunt. And he saw John, and he, he realized that they were there, and they were standing there. They were standing with him in a very tough time. Some people are only there, you know, that's what you call fair weather. Some people are only around when the weather's fair, when the sun is shining. And I love the sunshine. I love the blue sky, and I love all of that. But, you know, some people are only hanging out. Uh, we had one young lady, she, she was just for the perks. If we had a party going on or we had a, a pizza thing or a hot dog thing or if we were going to Fort Myers or if we were going to some place, you know, or uh, then she'd be there. But if there wasn't something special going on, well, then she'd contact some other group and she'd be going with them until finally she's no longer here. Because after a while, you see, you give yourself over to the wrong thing and after a while, the wrong thing owns you. It's got you, all right? And so we had this funeral and... Uh, as I said, we'd been very, very good to this mother and to this. The church had been very, very good to this mother and this young lady. Uh, not only did they come to church, we had the young lady in the school, and we had her in a nice, clean environment, and uh, we provided uniform for her, and uh, many other such things we did. And so here comes funeral time. And uh, in this particular funeral, uh, it wasn't their family that had anybody that had passed away. They were just also going to the funeral. And um, when a lot of people came in, well, this woman and her daughter went over with them. And she didn't know anybody in our church. She didn't even say hello to me. She didn't, she didn't know us. And I thought, oh, okay. That's how it is. Fine. We won't know you in that day either. And that's how it's going to be with Jesus. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Never knew you. You're, you're a stranger to me. Something's lacking. Something's not. There's not an identification going on here. You know, Jesus saw. Nothing wrong with his eyesight. He saw. And you know that God sees everything. Okay? He sees everything. He hears it all. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. Okay, along with being omnipotent or all-powerful. 
and, and he, but he looked from that cross. That's the flesh was looking from the cross, beaten and, and in heaviness and, and uh, feeling sick and, and on the brink of death, even to the point that, that getting ready to pray and, and extreme prayer, that he even likened it unto my roaring, you know, like a lion roaring in agony and in pain. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The flesh was crying that the spirit was withdrawing. And that, uh, and, and, and the, can you imagine the uh, feelings that were there when they were coming by and say, hey, if you're who you say you are, you got all you say you've got. Get down off that cross. The temptation to commercialize things, the temptation to uh, put the, the, the holy and sacred and sanctified things of the Spirit on display. You know. And you remember where, one uh, wasn't it Pilate, that when he heard uh, and, and his communication with Herod, and he had heard uh, about that Jesus, they had gotten him and that uh, he was going to send him over, he said, good, I've heard many things of him. Because he had hoped to see him demonstrate something. You know, it's like the guy that told us that you, um, you uh, he, was, he was telling us that you couldn't have the Holy Ghost. And he didn't believe in receiving the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. And he didn't believe in the miracle power of God. And so he, he, in arguing the fact, he looked at one of us and he said, all right, then if that's true, he said, you believe in speaking in tongues? I said, yeah, we do. As the Spirit of God gives the utterance. And he said, well, then uh, speak in tongues for me right now. And so we said, well, the Bible also said that your young men would dream dreams. We said, dream us a dream. It's not mechanical. It's not mechanical. This isn't, this isn't to be commercialized and to be mechanicalized. That's not how this operates at all. We've got to operate in the Spirit. We've got to, we've got to be walking in the Spirit, singing in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. The religious world, friend, they, they, they haven't got a thing that they can do for you. You hear me? They haven't got a thing. And Jesus in the cross, on that cross, in, in the flesh, in a weakened state, could do more for you. <laughs> My pastor used to say there was, uh, as Jesus spit in the ground and he took the dirt and he made the spittle and he uh, made the mud and he put it on the eyes of the blind man. And, uh, and my pastor used to say there was more power in Jesus Christ's spit than all the religious world. <laughs> so, and I certainly believe that, let me tell you. And I want to, uh, I, I want to stand with Jesus. I don't want to be found like Judas with them. I don't want to be found with them. Now, again, if you flip over to where I originally said 18 and 18 of John, and the servant and, and officers stood there who, were made, who had made a fire of coals, for it was cold. And they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. A most regretful day for Peter. And I'm sure whenever it is preached or taught or somebody's reading the Bible and reads it, I'm sure that Peter is regretful of that or had been in the days of his flesh. Uh, when that was referenced, when somebody brought it up, that it was a difficult and painful thing because, you know, the Bible said that Peter went out and he wept bitterly because the Lord turned and looked at him at that moment when the old rooster was letting it rip. And he remembered the word of the Lord, you know, remembered the word of the Lord. 
You don't want to find yourself standing with the wrong group and you suddenly begin to remember what you were told, what you were warned about, and that you're in the wrong place, you're with the wrong people, you're doing the wrong thing, and you're being, you're, you're, your patterns are getting set in, into the wrong thing. Your settings are getting wrong. Now, what did David said? My heart is set. Well, we fixed your heart here in the church. We're trying to lock you in on heavenly things, trying to get you to look and set your affection on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth but on things that are above, that you won't sell him out, but that you will stand with the Lord, that you'll stand with him. And so it not only uses terminology of stood, but it also said standing. I kind of like that too because that ending denotes a continuing, a continuing. It's like one guy that was uh, into boxing and his father wasn't happy about it. Uh, he was actually a backslid preacher's boy. And uh, he got into boxing and uh, he was getting whooped so badly that they, somebody asked the question, what's, what's holding him up? How's he still standing? Well, you know, I told a preacher that's suffering from cancer last night, I said, let me give you a little gold nugget. And he said, okay. And I said, well, you can fight a praying man. I said, but you can't whoop him. We know what's holding us up. We know what's holding us up. You know, and we are standing with Jesus. We're not fair weather. We're not just when the blessings are here or when the, when the wind is to our back, you know, or when everything is happy, 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 you know, when the clouds roll in and the darkness rolls in and the thunder and the, and the, and the lightning and the rain in its torrents comes, we're still standing with Jesus. We're still standing by Him. We're standing with Acts 2.38. We're standing with John 3.5. We're standing with everything from Romans to Revelation. We're not going to bend, bow, or buckle. It is written, He that heareth my sayings and doeth them, he said, I'll show you to whom he's like. And you know, God wants to show his people to the city. He wants to show people that are standing with him. He wants to show people that are faithful to him. He wants to show them to a lost and a dying tri-city area that is so miserably sinking into a septic tank of sin. And they're lost and they're stinky and they're smelly. And of course they are because they have not yet been born again. When you get born again, friend, you get cleaned up. You get cleaned up. I told one young man, I said, man, you step from one pile of doo-doo to the next pile. You just keep stepping in it. I said, after a while, one pile of poop, one pile of poop makes you pretty poopy. <laughs> I said, you smell bad. It's like the young guy, you know, many years ago when I first came in the church, uh, we had a, a, a the, high, the, the platform had risers and up in each corner, there was a set of drums. And um, one of the young men was sitting on the drum one night, and he, he said, man, got somebody else. He said, man, he, you smell that? He said, man, that smells bad. And the Lord spoke to him and said, yeah, that's your spirit. That's how it smells. You know? So, you know, you can get, you can get to having a bad odor about you. 
you're giving off the wrong thing. But if you'll stand by Jesus, if you'll stand by what's right, you'll stand by truth, then that right spirit, create in me a clean heart, renew within me a right spirit. Give me a right attitude. The Bible said when, when Jesus was at, at dinner, uh, of a, a sinner man who thought he was so saved. Everybody's saved to hear everybody tell it, right? Guy could be the, the biggest drunk or whoremonger in, in town and, and die and, and, and some, some religious denominal funeral, they'll tell you how saved he was. What a great man he was, you know. <laughs> My goodness. What a, what a fake and a phony world we live in. But um, I'm saying to you that it is very important for you to realize they were standing by the real thing. The Bible used the word feigned, feigned faith, and then it used unfeigned faith. And when something's feigned, it's fake, it's plastic, it's phony, okay? But we have an unfeigned faith. We have something that is genuine. We have something that is real. And we know it's real. We know it changed our lives for the good. And the things that we used to do, we don't do them anymore, okay? When, when the world, the religious world, will tell you that the things that are wrong, they're right. And the things that are right, they criticize those things and tell you they're wrong, okay? So, but you know, you know, they knew who, you know, the world didn't know who Jesus was. They had to get Judas from the inside. They had to get him to covenant with them. And they gave him his, his little 30 pieces of silver and, uh, you know, I don't care what amount you would get. It would, be, it would be paltry. It would be little. It would be nothing for what you'd be selling away. And when, when Judas got his little money and he showed up where he knew Jesus would be, he knew where the prayer meetings were, were at. And he showed up there at the prayer meeting in the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, the one to whom I give a kiss, that's him. They didn't know who he was. Jesus made himself of no reputation. He wasn't out and about trying to promote himself. Okay, he was promoting the kingdom of God. It was about the real kingdom and the real power of the Holy Ghost. It was about people being saved and people being delivered. It wasn't about talking. I hear some people talk about, "I'm a great man of God." You know, that's something. That's sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. It's something not ringing right. And um, when Jesus was at uh, a little humble dinner one day with this guy, and and uh, here came a woman, and when this woman came in, there was nothing uh, going on that was improper. But as a matter of fact, she came in in a humble way because she knew that she had sin in her life, and she knew that he was the Christ. And she had brought with her her alabaster box, and when she broke it open, the Bible said the odor filled the house. It just filled the house. And you know, to be able, the Bible talked about us being a savor of life unto life. That we as the church, that we that stand by Jesus, that we that stand by the truth, that we that, that we're going to not only have the Acts 2.38 truth, but we're going to have everything that goes along with it from Romans to Revelation. And that we're not going to treat those things as they're little and small and they don't matter and they're negotiable and they're arbitrary and all of that. Look, God said what he said and it means what he said and we've got to do it right. We've got to stay with it. We can't forsake this. Talked about they that have forsaken the right way. 
and they did it because they ran after money. Well, not much difference between them and Judas then, is there? That old spirit of Balaam, the wages of unrighteousness, doing the wrong thing with what God has entrusted you with. You know, I told you, we go, go through a lot of pictures, and some of, these, some of you that are sitting here, you know, you were six and nine and 11, 12 years old. And now, you know, you're up and married and you're having children. Or your children are up and growing now. Maybe you have teenagers. And uh, I'm saying to you that you need to remember God as He blesses you. You need to stand by Him as He blesses you. Don't get in that beautiful vehicle of a life that God's given you and then just drive off. Somebody was at the hospital the other day, and they, uh, well, I think it was the last couple of days, and um, the woman, we got her baptized in Jesus' name, and she got the Holy Ghost. She had a terrible disease in her life, and um, so when they checked her this time around, they found a tumor, a huge tumor blocking where she can't breathe, and they put her on the respirator, and they said they were going to do an operation, but they said that she only had a 7% chance of surviving the operation. And they're, they're praying and praying and praying at the hospital, and, and uh, they put a, something down inside of her lungs to try to drain out the tumor. And the person told me, said, you never seen such, such a horrible mess of what was being drained out. And I thought, well, you know, if we could see what God takes out of us when he gives us the Holy Ghost, you'd understand about a mess. You're talking about filled with sin and darkness that we had in our lives, evil spirits that had control of our minds and our thinking, and that the Almighty God delivered us and changed us and took us from nowhere and being nothing, having nothing, and begin to bless our lives and give us this shiny vehicle. Uh, you take all the setup stuff with the 30-inch wheels out there and everything else, couldn't com begin to compare with the most, the, the most sophisticated uh, boom <laughs> system in there. Doesn't even begin. You've got a boom box inside of you, and that boom box ought to be praising God. You ought to turn that thing up. Amen. You want, you want Jesus to take a good look, and he wants to see you. He wants to see you, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. He wants to see you in church. He wants to see you in prayer meeting. He wants to see you worshiping. Amen. Where two or three are gathered together in his name, he said, there am I in the midst of you. And all you can do is pick your nose, clean out earwax, or, you know. What are you doing? Stand by the cross. Stand by him. Stand by him when it's good and stand by him when it ain't so good. All right? Because you want him to be there when it's not so good. You want him to be there when you wind up in the hospital. You want him to be there when you're sick and you're down and you're out or you're financially stressed out. You want him to be there. And he will be there because he's not a fair weather God. He's going to be there when the sun is shining. He's going to be there when the sun is blacked out. You hear me? He's going to be there. And you want him to be there. You want to be able to call upon him when you're driving down the road. And uh, maybe you 
somebody loses control, you know, we often say it's not you so much what we worry about that other guy. <laughs> maybe they lose control. And maybe they're, you're headed for a head-on collision. And uh, I was in a car one time. I wasn't driving. But I was in the car. And there was three, three of us preachers, and, and we were on I-95. And I, it was the most amazing thing to see. But all of a sudden, there was, there was a car on I-95 backing up at us at a high rate of speed. And we're all going forward at a high rate of speed. And I saw cars move and go every which way, and we just went straight on through. And it, it was like you almost couldn't believe your eyes. And you, you almost happened so fast, you weren't sure what happened. But it was just the great hand of God that divinely protected us and brought us through. It's like the man that did uh, labored for Jesus down in, the, uh, in South America. And he told us about going up into the mountain. He said, and I mean, he said I'm talking about one trail. And we went up into that mountain way back in the back where the, or way up in the high places where uh, there were villages and tribes. And he said, and, and he said we were, as we were heading up there uh, to do the work of God, uh, everything went good and we preached the word. And he said, but there were many people in that part of the world that were against the truth. Matter of fact, at that time, it was pretty much a closed country. And if you didn't preach what those people and taught what those stood with those people, that were uh, from Rome, then they would kill you. They had people that would go out and kill you. And, and their, their choice of death was to give you the necktie. The necktie was that they slit your throat and they pulled your tongue out, right out of your, where your voice box is. And that was their favorite way of doing things. And he said they were coming down the mountain, and they heard these guys coming up. And he said, man, there was nowhere to go. There is no right, it's a solid wall, and there is no left, it's a drop-off of the cliff. He says, one narrow trail. And he said, and they're coming up, and we're going down. And he said, and suddenly, he said, a fog descended down, and to our right, in the wall of that mountain, he said, an opening came. And we went in that opening, and they went right on by us. And they went right up to the top of the mountain. We came out, and we went right on down. God can do things. I've heard of people being in service, uh, particularly in Africa, and uh, how that during having a service that uh, they were surrounded by an army, and, and, and they were just in a little clapboard building, and, and they said that they opened fire out there, and they shot and shot and shot, bullets were whizzing through everywhere, and they just kept on worshiping. They just kept on praising God. And they said their clothes showed bullet holes, but they felt no harm. The walls were riddled with bullet holes, and they felt no harm. I want you to know our God is real, and you want to be standing by Him, and you want Him to stand by you. You want Him to be right there in your time of trouble. You want Him to be right there. He's a great God. And uh, you don't want to be. Now, now Peter... He got the Holy Ghost after that, and uh, after he put in a good weeping. You know, if you've said it wrong, if you've sided with the wrong thing, and you stood with the wrong thing, or you reacted the wrong way, then uh, maybe you should have a little prayer meeting. Peter did. And the Lord looked right at him, and uh, Peter went out and wept bitterly. He knew he was in the wrong place. He knew he was standing with the wrong people, and, he, and that uh, what did the Bible say? Evil communications corrupt good manners. And, uh, you know, you can, you can get all hard against the preacher, but one day 
One day that youngin' of yours is going to be on the Internet looking at stuff and being involved with stuff, and you're going to be wanting him, what's wrong with you? Get off of that. Unfriend that. Get away from that. That's how you're going to feel. I had somebody tell me one time they was arguing with me about music and that, you know, listening to this and listening to that, ain't nothing wrong with that, going on, going on, going on, and I'm giving you chapter and verse, and I'm trying to, to, to give the answer the best that I could and try to come up with the answer, you know. Uh, you know, the Bible doesn't say it the way you want it to say it or the way carnal people want it to say it, the way the, the flesh wants it said. You know, it doesn't say, thou shalt not smoke Marlboro, you know. It doesn't say, thou shalt not this and that. It doesn't say that. It certainly teaches against those things, okay? But it doesn't use the language that the carnal person wants it to say. So they stand around and say, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? You know, and they question everything. And so the, this question had come up about music. And um, I, said, uh, I said, you know what? I said, one day, because I was riding shotgun. And I said, one day, I said, you're going to be riding over in this seat. And I said, and your child is going to be driving. And you're going to be struggling to find the answer to the question or to the argument or to the bad behavior or to the questionable thing that the child is getting involved with. I said, you're going to struggle for the answer. Oh, friend, let me tell you something. It, the, the roles have a way of being reversed. And, and time moves on and people get older. And the, and the thing about it is, as things get older, remember the Bible said evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. Things aren't going to get better out here in this world of ours. Things are going to get worse in this world. Attitudes are going, and we have lived to see that already. And it's only going to get worse, my friend. I'm telling you. We are living in uh, dangerous times and, and perilous times. We're living in times when the characteristics that the Bible said would be in this generation, they're here. They're here. It's not something down the road. It's here, and it's happening right now. We're watching the, the uh, spirit of Antichrist that... Uh, John the Revelator was inspired to say, and he said, which is even now among you. Well, yes, it was among them, but it's surely cranked up now among us. What's going on all over the world, government-wise? You better wake up and realize the things that are happening and the things that are taking place, and you better stand by Jesus. You better stand by the church. Amen. What did they say? Um, what did they, somebody... Uh, there was a big flap one time, and, and uh, I know it was on the, on the radio, on the news, and, and they played a clip of the song, a little short part about stand by your man, you know. Now, I'm not going to sing for you because Brother Barney, he informed me that my preaching was good, but my singing wasn't good at all. <laughs> and I said, amen to that. I said, I will amen that. I've made that perfectly clear. My problem is Sister Williams gets so annoying in the Holy Ghost, she makes me want to sing. And, and then I start singing, and it ruins everything. And, oh, brother, so I have to mime. Beyonce got nothing on me. I've been miming for a long time. <laughs> I've been miming for a long time, friend. I've been lip syncing for a long time. Oh, yeah, I had to do that. I'd run everybody out of here if I didn't. But uh, I am saying to you that how, how great it is to be in the church and to stand by Jesus and to, and to sing the songs of Zion and to stay with the right lyrics and the right songs and the right music and the right spirit. And, and to get with the flow and get with what's going on here. Get with what's going on. We don't need to be uh, arguing and debating. That's a time waster. We need to be up and about. I like what uh, uh, um, Brother Alex said. He said, uh, redeeming the time. He said, I, I'm, I'm going to try not to waste any more time. I'm going to do for Jesus. I'm going to do for the Lord. 
And just those few short words, he said a whole lot. Amen. And it made me want to, I want to do more with my time. I want to, I want to use my time uh, more wisely for the Lord. I want to be able to accomplish more for God. We only, all of us only have a short period of time here. And, uh, and time is going, the, 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 the sand is going through the hourglass very quickly. And, and we don't have a lot of time, okay? And if by reason of strength, maybe you'll live to 80 years old, and hopefully it's all working right, right? Hopefully it's all working right. And that you can use it all for the Lord's glory right up to the end. But you want to you wanna tell yourself, I want to stand with the Lord. I want to be found standing with the Lord. I don't want it to just be momentarily. I want it to be a continuation. I want that to be my life. I'm standing with the Lord. What a great thing was said and in the book. Now there stood by the cross no less. A bleeding rugged cross. A difficult time. There stood these people and he could count on them. He could count on them. They were going to be there. They were going to be behind him. They were going to be with them. Even in a tough time. They weren't going to forsake. They weren't going to run away. They were going to be there. They weren't going to be like the, the nine who Jesus healed, the ten of them. Can you imagine? And I was telling you about the woman and the guffin that they're taking out of her, her tumor there. Can you imagine what those lepers look like? Open running sores. Fingers gone. Nose gone. All kinds of a mess. Nobody had nothing to do with them. Jesus had mercy on them and said, you go show yourself. Well, I had the privilege to tell a man that one time that had a, a sickness and a disease, and I said, you go show yourself to the priest, which I said means the doctor. And he did. And God healed him. And I was just talking to him last night, and I reminded him, oh, yeah, they'll fight. But you can fight a praying man, but you can't whoop him. Hear me now. And so I'm saying to you, those those ten lepers went running off, friend, show themselves. They were so happy. They realized in going in obedience, by faith, they went in the direction that Jesus told them to go. You know, I didn't read where anyone was saying, well, it's still here, well, it's still here, well, it's still here. No, I didn't read that. I didn't read that at all. Like the preacher that, that got up to preach one day, uh, bunch of preachers were there and a bunch of it's kind of like a rally and I think I told you one maybe one time he was blind and he's when he got up to the pulpit he uh, just put his arm out over to the left where these men are sitting and there was a young man there that had had a running sore a cancerous running sore on his chin and he always wore a big wide bandage over it and the blind preacher stood up the pulpit and he said you can take that off now everybody just froze See, that's where faith comes in, right there. Because that old devil freezes everything. He says, oh, what if it's not true? What if it don't happen? Ha, ha, ha. Boy, you're going to be really looking stupid then, aren't you? Well, there was no looking stupid when he took that off, and it was completely gone. And everybody knew that he'd had that for years. Has it written in the Bible a notable miracle that none could deny? How many notable miracles? have you witnessed right here? How many wonderful things has God done for you and people you know? Oh yeah, come on now, come on now. Amen, amen, amen. You stay with the church. You stay with the truth. You stay with the chapter and verse. Even when it gets ugly, 
Sometimes it gets ugly. <laughs> Sometimes we have to operate down there in the, in the mud, you know. Sometimes we have to. We're down in the trenches. We're digging it out. We're doing, the, we're doing what needs to be done. Everybody said amen. amen. But don't you know when Jesus comes through, friend, whew, it's a great moment. It's a wonderful feeling. <laughs> it's a wonderful feeling. Amen. It's a wonderful feeling. Yes, it is. It's exhilarating. And it's like getting the Holy Ghost all over again. Oh, friend. But you know, you've got to go through the storm before you can get that beautiful rainbow, if you please. Before that storm clears up, you've got to be willing to go through it. And they, they, they went through it. They stood with him. People were identifying. Look where they are. Look who they're standing. They're right there with him. Man, he was nothing but an imposter. They had so many things to say, and they came by, the Bible said, and they wagged their tongue. Nah, 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 nah. They wagged their tongue. They're just talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and saying all kinds of junk. And let's face it, Jesus had already made the statement. He said, hey, he said, I can pray right now. <laughs> I can have 10,000 angels here. Bam, just like that. You know? But see, he never yielded. The flesh, he kept that flesh under subjection, and that's what he was teaching us, that we have to keep our flesh under subjection, and that when we, it's very easy to step out of Holy Ghost character. It's very easy to get in the flesh. And remember, that which is of the flesh is flesh, okay? So we've got to get that which is of the Spirit is spirit, and we've got to maintain that. We've got to work in that realm, and that means we've got to keep this flesh under subjection. And that means we've got to be in a place where the flesh can be kept under subjection. All right? Now, there's a whole lot of places that you could name that it's not going to keep your flesh under subjection. Okay? It's going gonna, it's gonna to boost up your flesh. It's going to boost you up, friend. And you're going to be you're going to be full of all kinds of wrong thinking. And it's amazing how you can, at that moment, not feel like you're doing anything wrong. That you, you lose that Holy Ghost sensitivity. That old enemy has just got you thinking the wrong thing and going in the wrong direction, making the wrong steps, talking and communicating and thinking the wrong things with the wrong people instead of standing by Jesus. Let's stand by him. Let's stand by the church. Let's stand by the truth. Let's stand by the subject matter. No matter what it costs you. Will it cost me my mama? Well, it may. It may. Well, it's going to cost me my daddy or my uncle or my aunt or my friend. Well, it may. One place talked about, quote, unquote, the proof of your love. He's going to prove your love out. He's going to prove your love out. Are you just going to be there when it's, when it's ice cream and cake? I had a young lady come in this morning. I want candy. I said, after church. I want it now. I said, well, you're not going to get it now with that attitude. And so she put her head down. She went downstairs. Give me a right spirit. Give me a right attitude. All poopy and smelly and stinky. I want to be around that. You know, but everywhere I step, man, it's ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, yeah. I was, I was in one place one time, and it was just recently, and I was checking my shoes. It was such a bad smell, I thought I, thought I stepped in something. So I'm checking my, I went over by a mirror, and I said, look here, look. What is going on? What is going on? Found out it didn't have anything to do with me or anything I'd stepped in. And I was awful glad about that. 
Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you can't always do something about other people's mistakes and other people's odors and other people's accidents. Okay? And, and can you imagine in the midst of that dinner and that, that alabaster box broken open and, and that beautiful odor that, of that expensive perfume that filled that whole house and you had a guy sitting right there saying, if you knew what kind of woman that was, you wouldn't have nothing to do with her. You're supposed to be a prophet. Jesus began to ask him. His name was Simon. He said, hey, Simon. He said, um, who do you suppose is going to love more, the one that is forgiven little or the one that is forgiven much? He said, well, the one that's forgiven much. He said, yeah, well, see, you see this woman? He said, she, her sins are many, and she's forgiven, and she'll love much. Kind of left it more or less like, you don't think too much about forgiveness, and you don't think too much about a sin in your life. So you're just going to be left with just a little bit you got. Why settle for so little when God's got so much? He's offering so much. He's, at, he's offering, what, it, what was the phrase, beyond your wildest dreams? He's offering so much, and you've got to, it's like the young man, like the young man, that was with the preacher. And uh, they were mad at the preacher. You know, people don't like the truth. People don't like the flesh, does not like to be told when it's wrong and when it's stepping out of line or when it's about to step out of line. And, and uh, so they sent a captain with his army, his platoon, sent them out to where the preacher was on the mountain. And the young man looking down there, he said, oh, we're in trouble, man. And so the prophet said, no, we're, we're not in trouble. We're going to be fine. Oh, the whole bunch of them. It's just you and me. And I, I have a feeling that the, the preacher just said, oh, brother. All right, Lord, would you mind showing this young man how it really is? And so the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And when he opened his eyes, he saw the angels and he saw the fiery chariots. And it was like the man described being in Israel during one of the wars. And he said when they went out to battle and they were there was only a few of them, they had gotten separated and they there was just a few of them and they they were all hope was lost for them. And they said that all of a sudden they were surrounded by the army of the enemy, and tanks, everything, big heavy artillery, and there they are, three or four or five guys, <laughs> you know, like having a pea shooter, you know, they didn't have anything arsenal-wise, artillery-wise to help them, until those big angels showed up, and they saw these giant angels. And they said those guys jumped out of their tanks and ran away. These were normal, trained soldiers. It didn't have anything to do with anybody having the Holy Ghost yet. This had to do with God said in his prophecy that he was going to fight for Israel. He was going to fight for the land. He was going to fight for the people. He was going to defend them as birds 
flying over Jerusalem. They have the greatest air force in the world. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you want God to show up. Then there was the, the man that was laboring, often referred to as missionaries, laboring in the country of India. And when he was there, there was a man that came after him. And he came after him with a gun. And he was yelling and screaming and cussing and saying all kinds of nasty things. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, that man's pointing that gun and he's just horrible at him. He said, all of a sudden, the man went, and he turned and he ran away screaming. And the preacher was standing there and he, what happened to him? He turned around and he saw a mighty angel. He saw what that guy saw. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Our God is great. And you may not always be seeing everything. You may not always be seeing everything. But maybe you need to get in the place that that young man got where God can show you that he is doing things. I knew a, I knew a preacher one time. He went into a town and he said he was going to start a church. And he'd been there and been there and been there. And he wasn't getting anywhere. And he was trying to level up the trail he was living in. And he kept saying, God, we need a miracle. We need a miracle, God. He's down there under that trailer, trying to level that trailer. The trailer fell on him. Hit him right in the throat. Just crushed him. God said, now I'm going to give you a miracle. And he survived. You might want to pray with the right spirit, the right understanding. You know, you might want to make your words what did it say? Pray with an understanding. <laughs> I want to make your word sweet. You know, because God can give you a miracle, all right, but you might want to be specific. You know, I try to tell the Lord, you know, I'd like you to do this, and I, I want this, and I want that, but not if it means a beatdown. I don't want a beatdown, Lord. Okay? I don't want a beatdown. You know, my pastor used to say that the Lord had to hit him over the head with a two by four just to get his attention. <laughs> So, it, it does pay to pray with an understanding here, okay? We have a great God and a mighty God, and we don't want to be flippant. We don't want to get cocky. We don't want to get smart, Alec. We don't want to get overconfident or complacent, okay? God gives more grace. Say, how come, how come he got more grace than I got? How come he got more than I got? Well, the Bible said he giveth more grace to the humble. Maybe you want to check your supply of humility. You know? Have you humbled yourself before the Lord? You know? Are you showing humility in the presence of God and in the church? What kind of a spirit are you giving off? What kind of an attitude are you giving off? Very important. Very important to the things of God are very important, period. And we want to try here to stand by the Lord. Stand by the church. I'm thinking about the word recommend. It is a Bible word. Double M, I think. 
Who's my spell check today? Is it two M's? Recommend? Okay, thank you. Good handshake, good spelling. I like that. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. Lord. Recommend. Or recommended even. You can use that too. And that's the actual Bible word is recommended. But um, Acts twice and uh, in the whole Bible. And, um, you know, sometimes we catch a little criticism. Just a little. That's a joke. And, uh, you know, people have things to say. And uh, what can I say? And, uh, you know, I've been called a dictator. I actually was going to get a shirt that said dictator. And I thought that would be kind of cool. I'd start a new style. Maybe I could have my own line. Maybe I'd come out with some cologne. <laughs> Fundraiser. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah, I've been called all kinds of things. And, uh, but you know what? <clears throat> to recommend recommend to help somebody to try to attempt to help somebody to do what's in their best interest you know we've always said that God and the church have your best interests at heart that you know we're trying to have the best interests of the world at heart because we know the plan of salvation and they don't and they're headed off the end of a, a road that's, you know, the bridge is gone and they're going to drop down into the bottomless pit, so to speak. And, and we're trying to warn them that there is a way of escape. We're recommending to them in the, in the strongest measures and terms. Acts 2.38, John 3.5. You know. Let me heard the radio this morning. Anybody? Okay. So there I am once again, you know trying to get this message across to people. And I've got a guy as wide as that doorway in front of me who's being trained to do the radio. And I have the other guy sitting behind me. So I've got these two spirits right here. And I'm standing here at a microphone. You know? And, uh, but you know, none of these things move me, the apostle said. I just preach. And uh, don't worry about if you make them mad, glad, or sad. Just preach. Preach the truth. And uh, so <clears throat> I'm saying in recommending, we are recommending because we are trying to help people to not go in the wrong direction, to not do the wrong thing because we have the best interests, your best interests at heart. It's not about being a dictator. It's, it's not about, uh, you know, hey, I have to tell your pastor everything. No, you don't have to tell me nothing if you don't want to. You want to go fall off in the canal out there? Go right ahead. Be my guest. You know? I remember, I remember Sister Olga. She's been here a long time. She's a very faithful woman. And, uh, but Sister Olga, she just couldn't figure out how that marriage was going to work out. And I was trying to tell Sister Olga that, you know, Eddie's the kind of guy, he don't quit, man. He's going to be there. He's going he's gonna to stand by you. He's going to be there. Whether you're playing basketball or whether we're getting married. And, uh, and I said, you know, do you want me to warn you that the 18-wheeler is coming about to flatten you or 
before it happens, or do you want me to wait till after it's made you a spot in the pavement and then tell you, by the way, that 18-wheeler was coming to run you over? She said, well, I want you to tell me before. I said, well, I'm telling you then. I said, it's a good marriage. It's a good thing. And two, two grandsons later, I think you'd agree with me. Everybody said, praise the Lord. I don't think you're that slow to catch up. I think you caught up a lot, a lot quicker than that. So, recommend, yes, we recommend, we recommend. We recommend you to Jesus. We recommend you to the church. We're not trying to boss your life. We're trying to save your life and to keep it saved. We're trying to get you on the right path and keep you on the right path. Everybody said, praise the Lord. We were going over to do some business in Sitzfeld 9. We, we took our bodyguard with us. That would be Vicara. And uh, the um, one of them, anyway. And so the lady that met us there to do the business, she, she said, whoa, this, this young lady said, she's got a, this is good. She's, she's going to do something. And I said, yes, she is. I said, if, if uh, I said, when she gets done with high school, so she's 14. It is still 14, isn't it? 15 now. I can't keep up with you. You're growing too much. Okay, 15. And I said, you know, we get through high school. I said, and then she's got four years of college to get her BA. And then we've got three more years to get the master's. Would that be about right, Sister Brown? Taking you 33, hasn't it? Okay, all right. It's not because she doesn't have the brains. I just think she don't have the want to right now. Okay. Okay. So, I said, then, then, then she can get married. I said, you know, um, and all of that will come to pass if we can keep her focused. We can keep her on the right path. We can keep her focused. We're recommending these things to you. Recommending them. And I, I'm telling you, I've gotten soft. Because now I tell them you can get married at 25 or 28, you know. I used to tell Sister Urshan, 45. She used to cry. Literally, she would cry. <laughs> and she knew Dad meant business. But, um, you know, we only have your best interest at heart. We just want you to be saved and stay saved. We want you to be, take the example that Mary the mother of the flesh gave. Now there stood by the cross his mother. Through thick and thin, through good and bad, through happy and sad, you know, through it all. Isn't that a song? Through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned that he is God. I had to tell the young preacher that one time. He had to change that. To, I've learned that he is God. Yes. You trust in him. No matter how dark the clouds get, no matter how difficult, no matter how much you've got to deny the flesh, you know, that you humble down, you knuckle under, okay? I remember, look, I was so mean, I wouldn't let them play Donkey Kong down at the 7-Eleven. Donkey Kong, what is Donkey Kong anymore compared to aliens? And Halo. Hmm? Hmm? Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. The games get worse. They get bloodier and they get more savage and they get more harmful. 
to you? They actually had a guy on the radio the other day, and he was trying to say that television and movies, and violence and video games, that, you know, really, it only contributes a, hardly any at all to bad behavior. And I wanted to scream through the thing, you are so stupid. <laughs> you, you are a brainless person, you know, if you don't think that these things are contributing to ill and bad behavior. And that these aren't, and of course he would never know that, that these are avenues for evil spirits to infiltrate into a person's life. Okay, and the enemy, believe me, is looking for a way in. And if you want to keep them out, then you stand by what's right. You stand by what's right. Okay, the world is always going to think that it's, uh, always, they're always going to think in a mocking way. It's in your Bible. When they were filled, gloriously filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there were those there that mocked. They mocked. Okay? And at the end time, in Peter's writings, he said that there would be mockers and that they were, will say, where is the promise of his coming? Everything going just like it's always gone. Just because they're deaf, dumb, and blind, just because they can't see, hear, or speak, just because they can't comprehend, and Jesus said that. Eyes to see and you don't see, ears to hear and you don't hear, a mind to comprehend and you don't understand. That's how it's going to be out there. Perilous time, dangerous time. They've always got some way of twisting it up and exalting man and putting God down. That's the problem with the theory, and I did say theory, of evolution. We can work with that if they just quit trying to erase God. But that's what they're trying to do. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? To have the kind of brain that you have. And that somebody's trying to tell you it came out of an explosion. A great big bang. And out of that came that computer-like brain, the intricacies of your, your body and your, how it works and all your systems. Who's crazy? Who's ridiculous? Not us. Not what Jesus has in his word and the experience and everything that he's granting to us. That's not crazy. Lifting your heart with your hands is not crazy. Okay? Lifting your, your hands and worshiping somebody throwing or shooting a pigskin somewhere with paint all over your face and screaming to your horse. Now that's crazy. That's crazy. Okay? How about the woman that, that came to church and mocked and made fun of our worship? And she wouldn't have not, she was too dignified to do anything like that. But then she went to an Elvis Presley concert and rolled all over the floor. Hmm? Who's crazy? Who's crazy? Worshiping a guy that, that died sitting on the can. You know, it's like the guy that wanted to challenge God. Said he wanted to fight him. Yeah, he went up to the top of the mountain. All right, God, where are you? I'll fight you. You ever heard of a no see -um? It's smaller than a gnat. Okay, you can't hardly see gnats. You know, you get out there on a hot summer day, and, and unless there are a cloud of them, you don't usually see them. And um, a no see -um is just that. They're so small, and they will sting you. Um, little old thing like that went down his, in his nose. 
as a matter of fact. Well, he's out there railing at God. One went up his nose, one went up to his brain, killed him. God can take care of you any old way he wants. Aren't you glad he's merciful? Aren't you glad when you're in a bad temper and a bad fit and you're being a snit? Aren't you glad that God is so long-suffering and so patient and so kind and so loving and so so tolerant? So tolerant. So tolerant. So tolerant. So what about it? They're stood by the cross. I want the church. I, can I came into church? I didn't know anything. Absolutely nothing. And coming into the church made me more and more aware of how little I knew. And, uh, but I was glad for every recommendation that my pastor gave to me. Everything that he recommended me, don't get involved with this. And I said, hey, you know, I got a great idea. And he'd look at me like, that's not a great idea at all. And I, just his silence. And I'd say, okay. That'd be the end of that. Chuck that one out. You know, you know, comes back to those basic things. Those basic. What are some things that we should do? You know? What are some things that we should do? Recommended things. Somebody said prayer? Pray. That's right. We should pray. Matter of fact, you know what? Bob said we should pray continually and always. What else? Can't hear you. Yes. That's right. God's word. Read. Bible. We recommend that. That's that's recommended reading. We have some young men that like to read. Artie likes to read. Thank God for that. You know, it's it's nice when you see people reading. Because I'm gonna tell you what, we're living in a world. A lot of people don't read anymore. Books are on their way out, okay? And that's a scary thing because it's more and more getting under the control of one entity. Mm. But just because you like to read, we got to help you to know what to read. And we're saying that God's Word is recommendable. Good thing for you to read. What else could some things we could do? Oh, we could go to church. Could we do that? We could attend service, right? Attend service. And I'm going to put regularly. Okay? Faithfully. Good. What's another thing that we could do? Obey. We could be obedient. All of this. Good. We could, we could develop a... A strong sense of obedience. We could obey. And it is written, it's better to obey, isn't it? You know, better to obey. Outreach. I like that. Yeah, Lord. Evangelism. Outreach. That's good. Outreach. Okay. Outreach, very good. Things to do. These are things we can be doing. There's lots of things to do. How about, how about 
new building. I, I have a senior citizen crew. I want you to know that. And I, yesterday they put me on their team. It was great. I was the youngest guy on the team. Told you I was young. Oh, yeah. We got a big job done yesterday. That was, that was thrilling. It was great. I went to Winn-Dixie afterwards, and I, I had more drywall on me than was on the wall. Well, at least they knew we were building a new building. <laughs> so there's things we can do. We have a new building. We used to say quite regularly, new church. Yes, sir. And uh, I'll be glad we get this built, and we can say that again and go to the next place. Say new church. New church. All right. So I'm sure this list could go on. Maybe you could get your own personal list going. Okay. Involvement. Be involved in Jesus. They stepped up and they stood by the cross. There was that was that's a recommended thing. Get close to the cross. Get close to the Lamb. Get close to the Savior. Get close to what He's doing and what's going on. Okay? Oh, man, look at that crawl. That don't look too good. Well, it's not always going to look good. I had one person that everything had to be pretty. Had to be pretty. I said, hey, it ain't about pretty. It's about getting the job done. I went to Winn-Dixie yesterday. I didn't look pretty. My suit had junk all over it. My shoes looked like I've been walking through the snow. You know? trying to pray somebody through the Holy Ghost and you're sweating or you go in a good prayer meeting and you, you put yourself into it. It may not look so pretty. It gets the job done. It gets the job done. 361 stripes on your back beating you with a cat of nine tails. And the cat of nine tails, they, they put bone fragments on the end of it so it would rip into your skin. It wasn't pretty. But by those stripes, you were and are healed. What your Bible says. That's the Bible says. Amen. What was pretty was when you got healed. Now that was pretty. Whew, that was nice. Yes, sir. That's a great thing. Whatever your problem might have been, that it's gone. Ten men running down the road going to show themselves to the priest. He was the doctor. He was to examine them. He was going to get them and Okay, it's clean. You can go back into society now. If he found one spot, oh, that was it. That was it. One guy out of ten came back. Began to worship. Thank him. Jesus said, wait a minute. He said, what, weren't there ten of you? Where are the nine? Oh, well, see, now they, they weren't. Following the recommend the recommendations, they weren't they weren't doing that. There were other what I you know. Shamed one young man one day. I said, when you went home, from then until you went to sleep, what were you doing? I'm just curious. What were you doing with all that time? <laughs> he got very convicted. And some people don't like conviction. That makes me feel bad. Well, sometimes you need to feel bad. And it's for your good. 
I remember as a, as a high schooler, I told the doctor I was ready to go do certain things. He said, he took me by the wrist, and you just, you know, and all of a sudden he went like that. And I almost passed out because I had broken collarbone in here and did whatever damage I did. And uh, <clears throat> he recommended that maybe I wait another week or so. And he was right. It hurt, but it got the message across. You know, sometimes the Lord has to reach up there, buddy, and get us. Squeeze us. I had a young man that, in high school that he uh, he played, he would wrestle with his dad. Only problem was his dad was a chiropractor. And I asked him, I said, so you're getting pretty big now. You must be beating your dad, huh? He said, every time I get close, to just about being able to pin him. He said, he'll press some kind of pressure point somewhere, and he'll paralyze me. And he said, I'll be laying there like this. <laughs> and he said, I can't move. He said, so he wins. <laughs> he wins. Yeah. Well, you know, the Lord knows our pressure points. Amen. And that feeling may not feel too good, but it serves as a warning. And the Bible said that the apostle said, as my beloved sons, I warn you. Warning you. So, admonition. There are things in the Bible that are written there for our admonition, our warning. Okay? And these things took place. Do you realize, I was telling St. Sithfeld, I said, I met a guy yesterday. I said, and I knew that guy, and he knew me. And he had two kids, and they used to come to school. I can't remember their names. And, you know, we're going back through the years and trying to figure it out. We finally, she came up with her name. And um, you realize how many names, how many people, if everybody came to church that used to come to church, this building and that building together couldn't hold them. And that's the truth. That's the truth. There are people out there that are just wandering around and their lives are terrible and miserable. Nope. It's like the man that, that uh, once shouted. He rejoiced. He worshiped God. He, was, he taught Sunday school. He did all kinds of things in the church. And gradually, he stepped back from everything wasn't standing with the church like he should have been. He was, he was drifting further and further away from the right people and the right things and the right environment. And uh, that's when he fell into adultery with his daughter-in-law. And one day, one day, he was so overcome with the horror of it all that he shot and killed her, and then he shot and killed himself. I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that kind of lifestyle. I don't recommend missing church. I don't recommend not praying. I don't recommend not reading the Bible. I don't recommend not getting involved. I recommend highly. I recommend involvement. Uh-oh. I hope that's right. Had a mental blank there. Somebody will word perfect me after a while. But you get the point. Involvement. Get involved in what the church is doing. 
okay? Don't be standing with them. Don't be hanging out with them. I had a young man here years ago, and uh, before he got into cocaine. And uh, he, you know, he was here, he was involved and everything, but he got to go into the softball game, sitting in the bleachers. And so I asked him, I said, you know, we, we don't do that. We don't recommend that. It's not good for your spiritual health. I said, how did you feel sitting there? He said, I felt bad. He said, I, I felt like I didn't fit in. I said, well, that's because you didn't fit in. You don't belong there. You're called to be a son of God. Okay? Now, if you want to go down to the softball game and say, hey, listen up. Before you start this game, I want you to know you need to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you. I'm going now. Bye. Fine. You want to do that? Great. I'm with you. 100%. I went right down Avenue A. I went right down to a church down there. And I opened the door, and three ladies were sitting on the front, and they turned around and looked. And that's what I did. I stepped right in, and I said that. I said, I've come to preach the truth to you. And I opened my voice up high and loud, and I preached Acts 2.38. And they were all up there sitting there going, uh-huh, amen, uh-huh. And I said, you tell the pastor that the senior pastor was here. And that's what I said. And so I saw one of them again, and they said, he said for you to come back. I said, well, I just might. And that's what everybody needs. But I do come back every Sunday morning, don't I, at 9.15, by the grace of God. Okay. Everybody said hallelujah. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, let's be standing where we should. Let's be among the people we should. Let's do that. Amen. Let's stand together, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Now they're stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. You know, they, Jesus in one day when he was teaching, among many days, one day when he was teaching, and uh, somebody yelled out and said, Hey, your, your mother and your family, they stand without. And Jesus said, Who is? My mother. Who is my family? He said, it's them that hear the word of God and keep it. That means you guard it, you protect it. You know, Jesus said he was going to make a, a place for you. He went to Calvary. and He made a place for us in the body of Christ. Your place is your place. And nobody can have your place. That's your place. That's your whether you say Nietzsche or Nietzsche or however you like to say it, but that's your little special nook. That's your place. That's your personal parking space. And Mary, she got herself to Jesus' feet. She sat down. She parked herself at his feet. You want to get in the church. You want to pull right into the body of Christ and park yourself in your spot. You want to be there. So when he looks, he sees you. You're there. Because he's looking for you to be there. I promise you, I'm looking for you to be there. You know, I go around this place when nobody's here, just me and the good Lord and the angels, and probably the devil shows up every once in a while. 
I just have to pray a little harder and run him out of here. But uh, he just comes to mess up my prayers. You know that. But uh, I'll go by the pew. And I'll call your name. I'll ask God to help you. Send his angel. Send his power. Come in this place. Oh, yeah. When I first came in the church, that's what I did. We had individual chairs, little uh, metal chairs. They were great because when we shouted, we knocked them over and they just made all kinds of racket. It was wonderful. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we'd knock them over on purpose. They'd just get so excited. Oh, yeah. We'd go down and we'd hang a, a, a square out. <laughs> we'd go down and turn to the right and we had an area there where we could all shout. It was a wide open area. Yeah. We'd even, we even had guys that they get in the spirit, and they would actually walk on the backs of those chairs and never knock them over. Oh, yeah. Holy Ghost, man. Holy Ghost. Lots of great and marvelous miracles. Yeah. I wasn't in that service, but Dean Fitzell was, and there was a sister there that uh, I think she had a cast on or something on her arm, and she just started praising God. Don't wait till you break your arm or burn your arm and you have to have a cast or a surgery or something for you to finally raise it and worship God, okay? But as she did, that thing started unraveling and unraveling and unraveling. I've had others that have had limbs to grow. I had one boy that was born bow-legged. And they put him right on the pulpit, stood him right up there, and whoop, his leg just straightened right out. Straightened right out. Oh, friends, let me tell you about our God. Stand by him. Stand by him. Stand by him. Don't quit. Don't turn away. Don't drift away. Don't cool off. You get in there and you get red hot for Jesus Christ. And you tell him, I want to be in your church. I want to stay in your church. I want to be standing there when you're looking for me faithfully right there. I want to be there, God. Amen. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. Come on now. In Jesus' great name, we praise you, Lord. We praise you.